Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dragons Cast after an eventful week in Dragons basketball. Tonight, I have with me Anthony. Hello, Anthony. How's it going, Dan? Not too bad. Leon, welcome. Hello, hello. And Roland, you're here to uh, jinx Lamar Odin again, I believe. Delaware sucks. Delaware sucks. That's a good. That's a good way to go. That's a good way to go. Um, so uh, we we also have a special guest waiting in the wings. You'll hear about him in a minute. We wanted to take a minute here. Uh, I, I bounced us off of Leon yesterday. Um, he kind of had the same vibe I did. That I think everybody's on board. Um, take a minute to speak about uh, Lamont Butts, which is a member of the Drexel community, um, who who passed away last week. Um, I, I don't know enough to really speak towards the passing. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know Lamont particularly well. Um, when we hit, we spoke about Dave Clawson uh, this fall, it was somebody I felt like I knew decently. Lamont was more of somebody that you saw, you said hi to. But, man, he always had a smile on his face. Um, he was welcoming. We, we've uh, we've had our run-ins. I think everybody here who's on this podcast has had their run-ins with security at some point or another over the years, public safety, in not necessarily Drexel, but in various venues, right? Um, you, you know, you, you knew Lamont was one of the good ones. Um, you know, uh, uh, he, he kind of got it, for lack of a better way of phrasing it. And, uh, just a friendly guy on campus. So uh, our condolences um, have everybody here to, to the family. Um, there's a GoFundMe set up to help out with some, some of the expenses that are going on for the family at this time. Highly encourages everybody to go over there and check it out. Um, I will say it's, it's, a, it's a good community to be a part of. It's a who's who of Drexel basketball for the last couple of decades. Who's, who's pitched in so far. It's, it's kind of cool to see. Um, no matter how little, no matter how much, it's great to see everybody um, doing their part to help out somebody who was uh, a part of our community. You know, he's part of, part of this uh, fabric uh, that weaves us together. So um, thank you to everybody who's, who's helped them out. And again, just our, our uh, deepest apologies and condolences to, uh, to the family there and everybody who knew Lamont and was affected by this. So we'll, uh, We'll take a very hard pivot now um, from there, unless anybody else wanted to speak towards that. I'll leave that floor open. But yeah, we'll take a hard pivot now, unveil our special guest. This is the worst transition I think I'll ever do on the show. This is great. Uh, we have Marshall Fleming on the show tonight. Marshall Fleming's here. Uh, I believe um, your name got dropped in our last podcast, Marshall, and you needed the opportunity to respond. So we wanted to give you the floor for a few minutes here. Um, as, as our listeners know, uh, Bill Martin has gotten downright soft with the University of Delaware, and uh, it needs to be rectified, and Marshall's here to help. So, Marshall, why don't you take it away? What the hell, Bill? We, I, I, honestly, I'm at, at a loss for words. I don't know if it's me getting older and more mature that I'm not fuming with anger, but more so disappointment, William. It's somewhat telling that he's not here to defend himself. He's conveniently in North Carolina right now with little munchkins running around and not conducive to a recording environment. So I'll go a little softer than I probably otherwise would, but he's just so off base with this one. It's Delaware. Roland has classic Delaware stories. Dan has classic Delaware stories. Leon, classic Delaware stories. Anthony, many Delaware stories. Myself, many Delaware stories. It doesn't matter how successful we are. 
how successful they are. It, we could be 0-30 and play them in the last game of the season. And the expectation, the requirement of all fans needs to be that we beat Delaware and we are pissed if we lose to Delaware. There's a reason that it's draped across my arm halfway through my mid-30s and I haven't gotten the tattoo removed. Delaware sucks. But not just any time of the year of our season do they suck. They are coming off being the conference champions last year. They knocked us out last year. That should add to the hatred to this team. And Billiam, I'm just so, so disappointed in you. I'll leave it at that. First of all, that's a good use of, of Billiam. I appreciate that. And secondly, <laughs> let me know that well, while going easy on him, uh, we're, we're recording this at 9 o'clock. This is our usual slot, 9 o'clock on Sunday nights for our recording. That makes it 2 a.m. in London. Um, Marshall, I mean, my understanding is you got work in the morning and you still took the time here to contribute to our discussion and admonish, and I think deservedly admonish, William for his transgressions. Of course, it's, it's hugely important. And, and you bring up London. If we all had Bill's mentality over the history of our country, we might actually still be a part of England. <laughs> no, you just can't let bygones be, be bygones. I agree with you. Um, terrible. You, you have to respect the rivalry. Respect the rivalry. Absolutely. Respect the rivalry. Hate the opponent. That's right. And it's, it's so easy to hate when it's Delaware. It's just so easy. I don't know if it's because you're in London, Marshall, but you do sound a lot more mature. I, I was expecting a lot more fuming message to your point, but you seem to be a little more collected and mindful, especially for being 2 a.m. in the morning and having to stay up just to yell at Bill, you know? I thought you'd be a little more expletive-laden. It, it, uh, it was important to me to set my alarm to one fifty-five in the morning to wake back up for this. <laughs> uh, the added convenience of checking the score on ESPN and seeing that Dallas is losing to the 49ers uh, at the moment helps. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of, of the game itself, I, um, I funny aside for the game, my, um, my girlfriend had planned a surprise party, uh, for me. It was my birthday this past week and, um, it had been planned for 7 PM on Saturday local time, which was the exact same time as the Delaware game. And, bless her heart, when I told her I want to watch a U.S. basketball game uh, on a Saturday night, uh, she moved the party back uh, to 9 p.m. Inconveniently, both teams decided that they wanted to send the game to overtime, and I have never seen someone so mad as us needing to be out the door 15 minutes prior. So I actually did not see the final two minutes of the game. Uh but uh, then to kind of just transition us into the game itself um, and cutting kind of to the end, I think we played a pretty good game, but I remember talking in Slack when it was like 65, 60 us that it kind of felt whoever was going to go on that next 5-0 run, it was either going to be us sealing it or Delaware stealing it. Uh, that did not intend to rhyme the way that I just made it, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, and, I think from that point, Delaware actually went on an 8-0 run. Uh, and then obviously we came back and, and tied it uh, at the end. Um, 
I'm going to say the crowd probably had something to do with it, but I couldn't tell from watching on flow because you don't pick up any crowd crowd noise anymore when watching the game. Uh, but I'll kind of kick it back to you guys. It, it was obviously packed, but was it loud down the stretch? It was loud. It wasn't old school DAC loud to me, but it was, it was getting there. It was getting there. I also, uh, it's not a flow thing, Marshall. I mean, I'm sure they're related, but um, no, no court noise on, on um, NBC sports Philly either. Um, there was some significant audio issues going on there that somebody's got to get worked out. Cause that was a great opportunity to really show off what was going on with the deck and um, showed off the program, showed off the win, but <laughs> you're skipping ahead to good, bad and ugly, but I, I was disheartened to see kind of the quality of the, uh, the audio on the, on the, on the feed. Yeah. For, for context, like I threw it up on the TV um, uh, at my flat while, um, while watching and my girlfriend was going to watch as well. And the lack of background noise just made it almost unwatchable unless you're a fan uh, to the point that uh, we took it off the TV and she just continued watching the masked singer while I watched on my laptop. That's how it impacts the actual broadcast. So I doubt anyone who wasn't a fan of either team was turning it on uh, to NBC and sticking with it uh, with the way that it was just being broadcast. It takes all the atmosphere and uh, passion out of it, which is really disappointing because these games should be a marketing tool when we're putting them on TV. Yeah, I was actually listening. Uh, I, I got there late for the um, the game against Hampton on Thursday, and I had my YouTube TV on in the car, um, you know, streaming through my um, uh, speakers in the car so I could listen to it on the way in. And um, Robin, I think Robin Tubes do a good job. Um, it's that they're sometimes it's, it's a dry game and they, they, because they like each other so much because they've got the history of, I've got good commentary and just, it helps you get through. But uh, they came back from commercial and uh, they were talking, they were in a story. And then uh, all of a sudden I heard there's three seconds on the shot clock. Like I didn't even know the ball had been inbounded yet. <laughs> um, you know, just they were in the middle of a story. And there was no background noise. There's like, and you know, it's not meant for radio and I get that. Um, but yeah, you, you need, you need some kind of, um, you need the crap. That's, it's half the thing, and we had to sell out in the whole thing. So, unfortunate. Um, hopefully, they've got uh, a couple weeks before the next home game against Charleston. Yeah, it looks like it could be a big one. So, a uh, chance to get that worked out. Hopefully, uh, I don't know if it's been like that all season or not. I, I, I hope not. It has, actually. This has been an ongoing problem. Uh, you know, I, I've been watching on flow all season, um, and it usually resolves itself by the. 10 minute mark of the first half, <laughs> but for whatever reason, cause I watched the replay this afternoon when I got home, um, it, uh, it was bad. It, it was unwatchable and it's a real shame too, because it was a, a great atmosphere that is totally missed. Um, and also it kind of makes you look like a second class program. I mean, you can't even hear the crowd. I mean, you could barely even hear the referees blow the whistle. So you just cut, you kind of had to watch the referees and the players' movement to see when you know a foul was called or or something happened. So it, it's got to be rectified. And I'm a big fan of flow because I live so far away and it's convenient to watch the games. But it's, it hasn't been an issue in the past. I don't know why it's an issue this year. All right. Well, so so we got our, You know, I, I guess my, my I'll close was you know, I had a conversation with somebody at Drexel in the off season, and I just said there's a lot of new ideas, there's a lot of new energy on campus. 
but I'd rather have you not do something than do something and kind of have it look second, like do it, do it right. If you're going to do it. And this is an area where we're doing it. We're spending the money on the broadcast, which is a killer and not getting it right. So, uh, you know, I'd imagine it's going to come up in conversation. I'm sure it has multiple times internally, but hopefully um, they, they prioritize that because it, it is the way a lot of people who don't get regular experiences with our program, see the program through flow. I think it's less of a concern to be honest with you, because if you're already buying the flow feed, you're in, we, we've got you, but NBC sports Philly, especially leading up to an Eagles game, you know, uh, it just is a great time slot. It's a great opportunity. And, and it did, it looked, I think exactly what you're saying. All right. Uh, Marshall, do you have anything else on, on, on the game that you wanted to, to talk about before you hop off? Um, I've, no, I'll leave the X's and O's to you guys. I'm, I'm more about the uh, hatred of Delaware, the uh, talking down to Bill, and the, uh, the atmosphere of games. So uh, I think I've said everything I can say about this one. Check, check, and check. All right, Marshall, thanks for stopping by, and, and we'll, uh, we'll hope to catch you down the road. Yeah, I uh, hope to see you guys in D.C. this year. All right, so let's get down into this. Uh, I don't know if we're X's and O's guys, but we'll, uh, we'll get back into the rest of this. Roland, what did you see uh, that made you happy, sad? Um, we're kind of bundling in the uh, Delaware and Monmouth game this week together. Not Monmouth, Hampton. They're all the same to me. Um, win a game, I'll care. Um, so you want to talk about either one of these games, Roland? Yeah, well, I'm certainly um, – but I'm certainly no X's and O's guys. Um, so I was actually happy to see some life in the DAC. I was a little concerned during the introductions of the Delaware game um, because, you know, there wasn't a lot of the usual greetings that I would expect for the female chickens when they were coming out there and being announced. But you could feel the crowd kind of come on as the game went on, and hopefully that's in the student section. You could see them as the game went on and, you know, it was back and forth and started to get closer and the big plays, and you could start to see them get involved. And, I, I mean, we've had decent numbers, I think, but the – you know, maybe I'm an old curmudgeon here that lives in the mountains and just hates everything, but I, I really hate the, the female chickens. And there's nothing that makes me happier than beating them. And I was glad to see that the sound and the really picked up there in the last three minutes of the game and in overtime. And then, the you know, the big plays by Amari, um, Luke House with that big drive where he got the and one. I mean, it was good to see some life in the building. Like you said, Dan, earlier, it, it's not where it used to be, but we were down pretty low, you know, a couple of years ago. So you got to build it back up. And hopefully this is one more brick in that wall, getting getting the DAC back to what we all know. Yeah, totally agree, Roland. I mean, it's it's um, it was a huge step. And honestly, uh, faster than I expected. I, just last week, I, I listened back to the platform last week, and I said how happy I'd be. I was hoping we'd see 70 80% capacity. This was about 95%, so it wasn't a total sellout per whatever. Somebody had our capacity at 2,500, and there was 2,400 tickets sold. Looks like a few season ticket holders didn't make it out, but the suites were pretty full. We had the Rob Battle. I mean, we have this in the itinerary here, but the Rob Battle Hall of Fame induction as well. I mean, there's just a lot going on, so great time. Saw, saw Phil Goss, by the way. Saw a number of the older guys coming on back, and cool to see that. Um, it was, no, it was a... I, I hope we had recruits in the building, you know. Um, I know our women's team stuck around to cheer on the men's team. Like, just um, all all the goodness. I, I was so tense going into this game because of the opportunity that it was. You knew if it was going to be a sellout, 
Uh, everybody's going to be there. All eyes are going to be on the product. You lose that game. You know, you lose, you lose some loss. We've had those games before where we've gotten the big crowds and we were trying to get up through, you know, this is, that's a game that will bring them back. And to your point, Roland, the students were standing. I know that's a big thing for Marshall. Uh, the students were standing in the overtime, you know, and that was a pretty much a sold out student section on their feet. And, and it started to feel like that again. It did. It started to feel like it back again, which is really cool. But even the free throw, you know, at the end, like in, in regulation, absolutely was affected by the crowd noise. I mean, Davis had a chance there to, to hit two free throws and it had been up one with, you know, one possession left. And I mean, he wasn't even close on the first one. And I, I'd like to think, or maybe that's just the optimistic rose colored glasses, but I mean, it was loud in that building at that point. And, you know, that's the kind of impact that the crowd can have on the game. Yeah. Roland, you're a notable optimist like I am. Um, so it's a, it's good to hear an optimistic look. That'll tell you what the crowd will do. Uh, Leon, what, what did you think here? Uh, catching this one. Yeah, I, I got, I watched the game on replay. Uh, because I couldn't watch it as, as it was happening live. But it was crazy to me because with 25 seconds to go, we had the ball at the end of regulation, it seemed like. And we couldn't figure out a good, better better play than run the clock out. And uh, Justin Moore kind of tries to do some, some magic, and it doesn't work out. He steps on the line. And then they get some time at the end. So I, I guess... My question to you guys that were at the game, how did it feel, I guess, after the 8-0 run that Delaware goes to kind of come get back in the game? They tied up. You barely hold on going into overtime. Did it feel? Did you guys feel confident going into overtime that we were going to pull this out? Or was it I, – I knew <laughs> – watching on replay, I had a lot more positive. I knew how it was going to end, so I, I didn't feel too worried about going into overtime. But how did you guys feel as, that, as it was happening? Uh, especially because the Delaware run – at the end, seemed like they kind of were trying to deflate us. Although the, once the crowd got into it, it seemed like it helped. As far as your question, Leon, I thought it really could have gone either way. Honestly, uh, that was it, it. Didn't feel like the momentum was really one way or the other. I mean, I know Delaware kind of went on that run to, to tie it, but I don't know if it was because of the crowd at the end um, that kind of even the playing field, despite the momentum of their run. Um, it was definitely nice to see uh, in the last, you know, three to five minutes of regulation in the overtime, the crowd really get into it. Um, it still somewhat bothers me, if I'm being honest, that that it takes 35 minutes to of basketball to get to that point. Uh, you would think that all it would take was to, would be to see it in action once and see the difference it makes and then say, okay, we're going to do this all the time now because that's what makes an actual home court advantage. Um, Because frankly, if the DAC is on the way it can be, I I don't see us losing very many games at the DAC period. And we haven't this year to be fair uh, to the team, but uh, you know, I just think that a rocking deck is just is another animal, uh, especially at our level. Uh, you, know, you could argue Trask, I guess, but I, I think it's it would be nice if, if we had a little bit more um, rowdiness, I guess, uh, prior to um, you know the, the closing minutes uh, of a game. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was I, I thought it was pretty much anybody's game. Um, you know, 
I do think the crowd helped. Delaware scored one point in the overtime period. So, um, you know, obviously big assist to Amari there with all those blocks that he had. But, um, I mean, it was just kind of a different game to me. I mean, from getting there and having to wait in line for 15 minutes just to be able to get in the front door, I mean, that's not something that's happened on campus in years. Um, So, um, you know. Definitely a, a big atmosphere. And, and frankly, I was th- assuming there were going to be more Delaware fans than it felt like there were. Um, I thought it was going to be pretty well attended for for Delaware. And maybe it was, and they were just spread out in such a way that it didn't look like there were as many of them. But I, I feel like I've seen more Delaware fans at Drexel in prior games, or I didn't notice it as much today. I don't know if you guys agreed. Well, I was sitting... There was a group down, they had floor seats down at uh, the far end there, opposite the, the student section. And, and they, they were making some noise. They were right in front of Spiker's kids. So I don't think they stood much of a chance, though, of impacting the game because they were riding them pretty hard uh, all game. But like I said, at the be- I, I was really worried at the beginning because I, I just remember as a student, I mean, we, as Leon well knows, there was a lot of uh, pregame activity that would lead up to us entering at about an hour before tip-off. Um, and it was an hour worth of heckling that was going on. Now, I don't expect that out of maybe today's student, but would be nice to he- at least see them yell some things at the team while they're being introduced. But I'll give them credit. At the end, like Dan said, they were standing, they were making lots of noise. And hopefully this is you know a win, brings them back, shows them the impact that they could have on the game and, and creates a, a fun atmosphere um, I mean, I actually mentioned, I think that it almost even felt like the old DAC. The temperature was getting up there. I'm not a big fan of the, the air conditioning. I'd, I'd like to see him actually turn that off for the games and just let the video board heat that thing up to 140 degrees and, you know, and almost like mile high stadium, right? You know, the guys go up there and they can't breathe. You should be able to come to the DAC and just sweat your ass off and not be able to handle the heat, but. I mean, I, it was sweating down there on floor side. I don't have a temperature on me, but it felt like a good 90 degrees. Or so. It's good to get the building full again. Roland's reminiscing over here about heckling heckling players during warm-ups over here. Well, you know, actually, as I mentioned, I got the, the replay on this afternoon, you know, because I had my youngest daughter with me. It was her first game. Um, and sure enough, we find ourselves on TV and everyone's around the TV and then all of a sudden, you know, I hit the play button and you see my daughter yelling at the Delaware players. And so now I'm in the doghouse a little bit. I said, at least she didn't curse. She didn't learn any new words. So I, I call it a win. <laughs> that's a huge win. I realize that's her first game. What a great first game. What a great first game for her to get to. Oh, she was so excited. I mean, she was for being six years old and not having a good grasp. The one thing she did grasp is when every time Delaware did something wrong, she was yelling at them that they did something wrong. She didn't know what they did, That's why great. they did it, but she was yelling that they did something wrong. So if there's one lesson that was learned, it was a very important lesson. Um, yeah. So it was great. The, the Warzels, we, we made that three and a half hour drive home and, and talked about how bad Delaware was. And it, it was a great trip. That always makes it good. I, I, I had my own experience. I, you know, my daughter is not taken to the deck yet, but I got home from the game and she looked at me, she goes, you saw Mario the Dragon, didn't you know? And I was just like, I did see Mario the Dragon. You're right, I did see Mario the Dragon. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now she's now she, now she wants to go. So now I don't know what to do. She, she gets there, She yeah, but it's it's a, it's a cool experience. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'll echo you a lot of what you said. Um, I, I thought, um, I think we're all kind of agreed. I think I'm hearing it from you guys. I'd asked a couple other people early on. We're very, uh, very, very biased as fans, but I do think um, the crowd mattered in this game and, and, and absolutely affected the outcome. Um, not wasn't the effect of the outcome, don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, we've had the slow starts for this team this year, and I don't think that was going to happen in this game. I just don't think that was going to happen in this game. You know, the, the people were coming out, they were psyched. Um, uh, I was stuck in the security line with Anthony, so I may have missed the first couple of minutes, but I, uh, I, I feel, um, you know, just from hearing it, you know, those players came out and, and they, they had no choice but to be ready to go. And, you know, Luke House was fired up and, and Amari Williams was fired up. And so we'll talk about free throws and various other things uh, that really affected the actual on-the-court outcome of the game. But I do. I think just the fact that we um, we came out ready to play, I think, was, was in, in, in some ways just due to the, the atmosphere, the surroundings, everything that's been going on, homecoming, the hoopla around that. It was great to see. Um, you know, the biggest notes I had on the game, obviously free throw shooting, right? They challenged us to make free throws. Um, and kind of out of nowhere – you know, this team uh, started to hit them. And I don't want to jinx anything. So that's, that's all I'll say about that. But it was good to see. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer. It's probably three or four games this season right now that we've saying basically came down to free throws. So huge to hit them. Delaware hit theirs too. But, you know, um, good job by the Dragons doing what they needed to do. Uh, we saw Justin Moore on the line a lot more this game than we've seen in the past. Um, I, I There's a couple of plays late. Um, I did not like – I didn't mind the outcome, which was, I think, uh, Akru's three. Um, but I didn't like one-point lead in overtime, dribbling out the 30 seconds with, like, a minute to play. Like, that's the time to go to score, guys. Like, that's I, – I, they, they, they may have numbers that say otherwise, but to me, this team, when they've slowed it down, when they've, when they've let the clock run, this offense, um, somebody's got to have it. I know, actually, I think it's available to me somewhere, but um, – you know, where what your shooting percentage is by amount of time left on the shot clock. And I'll tell you right now, the Dragons, if there's 10, 10 and under, it's not going to be good. If it's five and under, it's going to be worse. And in a one-point game, if you're saying, we're going to hold it for 30 minutes and turn it over, 30 seconds and turn it over to you, essentially, you know, that's not good. You're giving the other team a chance to win. I'd much rather you not let the time run, have a longer possession game, but give your chance itself the best chance to score. You know, that, that percentage difference on the scoreboard, to me, is much different than the 10, 15-second difference on the clock. Um, so I, I, I think that's miscalculated. And, and I think um, not the first time we've seen it, but I, I really strongly disagree with that. We did – I think that was the play we drove and we kicked it out to Matei. He missed a good look, um, if, I, if I'm getting my, my plays right. Um, Matei didn't have a point in this game. Um I, I was questioning him being out there in the overtime. To be honest with you, I was surprised. You know, you, it's not exactly going with a hot hand when he hasn't scored in 40 minutes uh, in the first 40, but um, I'm sure it was a defensive thought. Um, I also thought from an X's and O's, the guy we got to talk about today um, has to be, right? Has to be um, Justin Moore. Um, because for the last five minutes of regulation, both teams were playing two main games, right? It was Jameer and Davis on one end, and it was um, Moore and Williams on our end. On, on, as far as the offense goes, it wasn't really – they weren't really plays. They were just go out and do what you do, run pick and roll with, with those two guys just over and over again, ball screen, ball screen, you know, and um, not what I expected to see. From, I thought he had a really good game. I thought Justin had a really good game. It was one of 
the better ones. You can tell he's getting more comfortable. I thought the first, the last two minutes of the first half looked like early season Justin Moore. I thought he had a really disappointing couple minutes into halftime. Um, but otherwise, I thought you saw that first step. You saw the burst. You saw his ability to get to the rim. And then you saw him as a as a competent free throw shooter. And that's huge to have. I, I think Luke House is actually shooting 84% from the line. So if you can get more to be a decent free throw shooter, you get Luke House. You, suddenly you have some guys late in game situations that you can go to, which, which kind of we saw today. It worked out. Um, or yesterday it worked out. But I just thought his development uh, is becoming a story. I know Bill Martin would like to be here for this one. Uh, I guess that's his boy. But um, what did you see um, rolling from, from Justin? Are you, are you kind of seeing that same development trend that I am? Yeah. You know, I, the one thing that I noticed, I mean, the last game I was at in person was the Princeton game. Um, he looks a step quicker than he did in, against Princeton. I mean, he has that little, like, he's just kind of nonchalant, and then boom, he's gone to the hoop, and he's just blowing by guys. And, I mean, he blew past Jameer Nelson Jr. a couple times, and he's no slouch. I mean, he's a, a pretty good player, pretty fast. Um, and to me – I think that's the biggest thing is he's really taking advantage of that first step and playing under more control. At times you still see that freshman point guard where he does a step back three kind of heat check thing. Um, And I don't mind that so much because he runs his mouth a lot when he does hit a shot. And I kind of like that edge that he brings from that standpoint. But I mean, he's really starting to see um, some success when he's driving and finishing at the rack. And like I said, his free throw shooting, of course, is, is a big part of that because he is getting fouled a lot and they're not letting him com- uh, complete the shot um, in a number of cases. And he's got to be able to hit his free throws, which was also a struggle early in the year for, for whatever reason. So he's really, really picked up um, since the last time I saw him. And I really still like that Jamie and Justin, we'll call him the Killer Jays line with, with both point guards out there. I thought we were a better defensive team. I'll say the other thing I'll say about Justin, given that fo- that quickness, I expect him to have the ability to be a plus defender. You know, he's like 6'2". He should be able to defend a point guard. And they, they struggle. I mean, listen, Delaware doesn't have a true point guard. You could see it. You could absolutely see it. I mean, we exploited that. Um, so that helps. But he should be, in my opinion, a better defender than he is. So he, he certainly has the foot speed and the ability to work that in. Um, but I liked, again, those two together. And I still liked, I think, I thought in the first half, we rolled out some Amari and, Gar- and, and uh, Garfield together. And that worked out really, really well. Um, so these these kind of funky lineups, they're getting some shooters off the floor, maybe just getting some different looks for other teams. And they seem to be pretty successful. So I hope we keep rolling them out there. Um, that variation's good. The one thing I did notice, I think this is part of the reason why we struggled in the second half, Inglesby's adjustment to half, um, I think, um, was to not just double Amari, but specifically to use Justin's man, whoever's defending Justin, more to double Amari. Because then when Amari had the ball, he got doubled. He kicked it out to the open man. It, it was Justin Moore, and, and he didn't have a – you know, he doesn't have a three-pointer in his arsenal right now that he's confident in. So he was the open man, and he, and he didn't have a look. Really, just he was defending himself, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. And I think that's why he went to the rim as much as he did. But um, teams are going to see that. They're going to pick up on that. I think I expect to see more of that of Team Saginaw, of, of Justin, and, and specifically helping there. And we're going to have to find a better answer probably than we did in the second half of this game because that is where we were sluggish. Um, kind of when Delaware went to that. So I don't know. I mean, part of the answer is hit threes, right? It's nice to hit 27% from three and still win. It was really 
battle. The, this game was won inside the arc, and thankfully we have Amari Williams, and they don't. And, and Martin Inglesby seems to want Jair Davis to play as a, I don't know, like a small forward or something. Like he, he had him. Every every beef. These teams are so similar. These coaches are so similar because every beef I feel like we have with Drexel, how they play, and they, you know, too many shooters on the floor, not enough penetration. Um, you know, they, they, their big man is catching the ball too far from the basket. Like I feel like all of them, I, I would put on Delaware. Like these coaches, they're they're very similar in, in their styles and um, to, to my eye anyway. Um, and I just I don't get I don't get it. Um, I don't get this. Jerry Davis is pretty damn good underneath the basket. Um, so thank you, Martin Inglesby, for putting him out there. I'd imagine the other coaches are probably saying something similar about us and Amari. But how great was it to see Amari take the ball and go to the basket, get the end one late in that game? Like, how good was that? Huge, huge. No, and he had two like crucial, like huge blocks at the end of the game too. And, uh, the I, I liked a lot of what I saw out of Amari, especially because in the last uh, the last podcast, I kind of picked on him a little bit about the heart that he brought to this game. Uh, you know, and you could see you could see him getting pumped up too. Not that everyone wasn't like Luke. Luke the Machine House was getting pumped up too. He was trying to pump the crowd every opportunity he got. So it was clear that with a packed house, with a lot of fans there rooting for you, this team, you know, really does feed off of it, and, and uh, it, it makes almost people play want to play harder. And you could tell with those two blocks that Amari had late in the game that were like incredible blocks. Like, like he came uh, from for help for one of them from like way far out and came back to the got by the basket and was able to block it. It was incredible. So I hope we see more of that. I hope this isn't just an you know uh, one of those games that we show up and then we kind of go back to our usual thing. I see. I hope we see more of Jamie and Justin out there at the same time. I hope we see more of Gar, uh, Garfield Turner and Amari out there at the same time. And if we, if if some of our players can get a little more consistent, like Coltrane didn't have a great game. He had a good game defensively, but he didn't have a great game from an offensive standpoint. Uh, Lamar Oden and Mateo Cruz uh, both, you know, and, uh, didn't have the best games. Like if we could get more consistent, this team could really be something going into the CAA tournament. Because Justin's definitely progressed better than we expected. Amari is a force. If we can just get consistent output from some of our key players. That that you know, I think we could be, we could be better than number four, but not that I don't think we will end up finishing better than four. But we could be a, people. I don't think teams will look forward to matching up with us in the CAA tournament. Yeah, I agree, and and there's still a lot of work to be done. I thought uh, a lot of the passes to the perimeter in this game were just um, if you hit them in the chest, they've got good quality shots, but we were hitting them at their ankles or, or wide or you know, and and it just wasn't great delivery, which was creates bad shots um also say this like and this is kind of where i was going with the crowd thing and, and with what i was just talking about amari here are the numbers from the game that really jump out to me we had 12 assists to 17 turnovers as a team and that's that's you're not gonna win a lot of games like that again 27 percent from three um only got uh three offensive rebounds in the entire game uh, delaware had 10 um you put those stats out there and you say that we didn't win that game. There's no way we won that game. And the reason, the, the, the stat that got won us the game is, quite frankly, 62% from two. So Delaware's 49%. All right, inside, we had a shot blocker in there who was doing his thing. 
and going the other way, Amari, Justin Moore, the guys who got – and Luke House, by the way, four or four from two. Um, taking a, Luke House was taking it strong. Like he, he was – he was you could foul him, but he wasn't going to be – he was going for it. Like, you know, I loved it. He was using the size. Luke House, by the way, um, I'll pull this up. I saw this this morning, but he is now number 22 in the country in offensive efficiency rating for Ken Um he, he's uh, it's like his turnover ratio. He basically hasn't turned the ball over in conference season. It's um, he has two turnovers in conference play. He has um, I think nine assists in that time. He's got more steals than turnovers. Um, he's also shooting forty uh, percent from three in conference play. Like his numbers are actually eye popping, um, legitimately eye popping. People are I think underrating his importance to this team right now. Uh, I know sometimes it's tough to see him out there because he doesn't look the part in the defense. He's not going to be, you know, an A-plus a defender, especially on somebody who's super athletic. But um, offensively, he's fitting in the system perfectly. Um, you know, again, you either need to, your shooters to start shooting the ball well or you need to get them off the court or you can't, you know, you can't have three mouthing together. And when you say – and that's those are the guys, Coltrane, Lamar, Matei, those guys were on a milk cart in this game. All of them. I mean, so if they get going, I think that's the missing piece. If we start hitting that outside shot, yeah, this team's good enough to win. But right now, this team really shouldn't have won yesterday. I mean, you look at all the, the majority of the stats say this team doesn't win this game. Um, that it was that interior presence that helped us out. So uh, interior presence, and I think, again, home court. Home court, we were just a little tougher inside. We were a little tougher. We were a little stronger today. Um, it was huge. I definitely have to give Luke House his flowers. Uh, you know, I, I've said in the past that, you know, he's a good player for this team, but he can't be the best player for this team if we're going to be good. He, in my opinion, had the best game of his career yesterday, um, without a doubt. I mean, he scored more points against Delaware State, but that was in a, a laugher that was not competitive. Uh, so you put up big numbers against one of the worst teams in Division One. Okay, that's that's wonderful, but... 19 points and, and only one three-pointer. Uh, we talked about how going inside, taking it to the hoop isn't really his game, but he did it aggressively in this game, uh, and it, it it worked. I mean, one three-pointer and 19 points. I mean, uh, that's that's a lot of twos. So um, big kudos to Luke House. And, and yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said. Um, even just one of Lamar, Coltrane, and Mate giving something – is is going to be enough most nights, but when all three are just MIA, it it's really tough. Um, and Lamar is particularly confounding because he just has his moments where he looks like he could be an all league type player, and then other moments where it's not just about making and missing shots. He'll make questionable decisions when he has the ball, and you know. He's, there's nobody between him and the basket. Just go up and shoot it. He'll pump fake a couple times. Uh, he'll have moments where he's not in good rebounding position, giving up, giving up offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, he picked up two fouls in the first five minutes yesterday and sat for the rest of the second half. Um, but then, if you contrast it uh, to two days prior to that, we haven't talked much about the Hampton game. Uh, which I thought was also a pretty interesting game that was closer than it probably should have been. But, uh, I mean, Lamar was great in that game. Six of eight, four or five from three, led the team with 16 points. Um, provided energy, uh, you know, just 
seem to be in a groove. Um, but for whatever reason, it just seems that if, if he's not feeling it from three, he's it's affecting his game in other ways. Whereas with Mate, we want him to shoot. And if he's not shooting, you know, arguably he may not be giving us much otherwise. Lamar is a player that should be able to give us more otherwise, even if he's not hitting his shots. But his shot kind of seems to affect the confidence he has in the other aspects of his game too, which can be frustrating if he's not if he's not hitting. Now, I think that's an interesting point about um, what you said there, because I think I was getting concerned that that was happening to Luke House. You know, he'd come out like a, you know, a man on fire, just raining threes everywhere. And and then you could see teams started to, you know, adjust. And, you know, just like, you know, rookie comes up in baseball, they may tear the cover off a ball. But then the league punches back. And I was worried that they were punching back. And by him being able to get to the to the basket and, and driving the ball, I mean, that makes it a little bit more challenging, I think, for the defense because now they've got to respect that. Um, and, and the energy he brought, I thought, uh, you know, he said he's an energy guy and and for sure he was hitting to the bucket and hitting some energy. And I think, you know, he almost decapitated my daughter in the, you know, the handshake line at the end of the game when they were coming around. He was so still so fired up. And I think, you know, some of these guys got to, if you're not hitting your shots, you got to find other ways to contribute or, or, or mix it up. And I think, you know, that can apply to anybody because you got to find a way to contribute somehow if you're going to be able to, to get onto the floor. And it, it may not be hitting shots like you're used to. It, it could be, I thought, you know, Coltrane played pretty good defense. Even Okros, I thought, deed up as much and brought some intensity that I haven't seen out of him in the past. So you got to find some way to contribute. And I think, you know, figuring that some of these guys got to figure that out. How can I contribute if, if the shot's not falling? Yeah. I got to look back and see who the hell was on Caven Riley early in the game because nobody didn't see. The, yeah. Yeah. That guy coming out on fire. I mean, that was, that was the other, only other reason why Delaware was in that game was that he, he suddenly came out of nowhere and shot lights out. But um, yeah, I mean the, the note, if, um, if I'm talking to Yame Butler, if I'm somebody who knows Yame, um, I'm pulling Luke's box score from last year. Division one games. Luke House last year played nine minutes at one shot for the season. That was his season last year in the Division one contest. Look where he is today. And he just works his ass off. Like, it feels like the more you tell that guy no, the more we make references on the podcast, well, you, you can't do that. The, you know, the, the more he, he just tells us to shut the hell up. You know, it's, it's kind of cool to see um, to this point. Again, 22 in the country and efficiency is no joke. Like, that's, that's a monster number. And he's doing it in legitimate minutes. Um, so give him credit, give him credit and look at what he's doing and do that. This is, this is what I would tell guys on the team who want to play, play more minutes. And you're right. The defense matters and, um, how you go about things matters. It does. It all, it all leads to the whole thing. So, um, cool to watch. Cool story. Um, and most of all with half the Marshall, great to see Delaware loose. Always a good day when we see Delaware loose. Absolutely. So, uh, in our house, um, they got to see they got to see the lights go down. They got to see that new scoreboard in full effect. <laughs> I hope they enjoyed it. I hope they enjoyed the trip to the deck. They can go back there, nineteen seventies relic relic of a jumbotron. Roland, their jumbotron would, would heat the building up. Ours is a LED man. We're not gonna. It's not gonna. Create I'm still any thinking heat. tubes, and you know, out here in the mountains, we just got the internet a couple months ago, so we're we're still <laughs> two TVs and such where the TV gets all hot. So 
but I did like to feel, I just like, you know, a little sweat, you know, a little sweat in the deck. There's nothing wrong with that when you're sitting there, a little sweat getting going. I liked it, but you, you heckling guys in pregames for where they were sweating, like, and I get it, you know, but it was, it was, it was, it was hard back then. It was hard back then. I'll never forget that first time VCU came and, and I don't know if Leon remembers this or not, but I mean, they had won the league the year before. And I mean, it must have been 120 degrees in the DAC because they had the uh, swim meet and, you know, they had that thing heated up for the swim meet. And then we played it like, I don't know, seven o'clock at night. And I forget the guy's name from VCU, but it was like halfway through the second half. And he looks at the ref at an inbound right in front of the DAC at a court pack. And of course, we're giving them the business. And he's like, don't they have air conditioning up here? Like, he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I mean, and the guy was just like drenched. So I, I like the heat. Um, I like those, that aspect of the DAC. I mean, it was always a tough place to play because of the heat. So it was good to get a little sweat going there with the, the full crowd. I don't mind it. It felt good. I got into it. I know Tim Kelly had some words with one of the fans in front of me. Um, I'm not entirely sure if it was your fault, Roland, or my fault. Somebody had been yelling, Tim, 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 Tim. Probably my fault. Uh, I, I know I was doing it too. So, uh, you know, but um, there, were, there were no, there were no uh, magic words. I thought, I thought Tim was actually a little sensitive in this game. That's one of my – backstory here, Tim Kelly's one of my favorite officials. He's got the Boston accent to go along. We can go, we can go toe-to-toe. Um, but he works Philly a lot. He, I think he's got to be local or something. But um, this is our third time having him. It was – I thought the crew didn't have a great game. Didn't have a great game, but – he, he was mad enough. He actually came back later on and, and uh, made it right, which is a veteran official move. But it was uh, it was funny to see somebody get under his skin in the first half. and tells you the intensity level of the game, that a veteran official in the first half has somebody get under his skin that early. Um, it was. It was that first half. I, I, I tweeted this out. That first half was it was a high level of basketball. I think halftime the score was in the 40s, and it was not bad defense. It was really good basketball to watch. Like, I haven't seen that level. That was a better than we expect from the CAA play level, especially from two teams that are kind of middle of the pack. So um, really cool to see. Again, uh, hung in there, got that W. Credit to Amari for those blocks at the end. Credit to Luke House for hitting those clinching free throws. Um, and then and, and to Justin for, for getting us there. So good team effort. I thought I thought everybody contributed. Um, I'm going to sound like Calvin Hicks on here, but hey, Cal. Uh, it was good. I got to see him too yesterday. That was fun. But uh, – Everybody, everybody did a great job. Everybody did a great job. Everybody wins. So we'll move on. We'll talk about where they move on to. Does anybody have any notes for um, the Hampton game? We can. I have a couple. Um, I mean, that game was chippy. Uh, that was between our team and their team, between their players and our fans. Um, not as well attended, of course, as, as the Delaware game, but – the uh, there were several of their players, particularly uh, number one on on Hampton, uh, Russell Dean. Um, he was jawing with some of the fans, uh, and there were words being exchanged back and forth from our section, the section across the way. Um, and then there were, I think, there were double technicals in that game. A lot going on. Um, we were heavily favored and only won by six, uh, and have to. You know, we were talking about free throws. Have to give a lot of credit to Amari in that game. Um, eight of ten from the line uh, in that game, and he had been struggling from the line as we've documented. So, um, hats off to him. I mean, only three of six in the field, so I'm 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 fairly certain that he had a lot of 
fouls on shots, which is why he took so many free throws and his, his actual shooting, uh, his actual shot number is, is lower than it should have otherwise would have been. But, um, I mean, eight of 10 from the line, that's 80%. We only won by six. So, um, definitely have to commend him for a good performance at the line there. Um, one thing I also noticed was Hampton was making ridiculous shots. Uh, I don't know how many and ones they had in that game, but it had to be pushing more than one hand. Uh, it, it seemed like there were six or seven of them. So um, definitely a chippy game, hard nosed game, probably closer than it should have been against the team that I really don't think is that good, honestly, but um, pulled it out especially with Delaware coming up right after that. So might be a look ahead type game. They want it. So all good. It was a really bad spot, right? Coming off of spanking a team on the road and then you got Delaware in front of you. It was, just, it was the, the sandwich game. You expected them to come off soft. I expected that game to be close. It was, but uh, I enjoyed, I turned to somebody during that game and I said, coach Joyner, coach for, for, for Hampton there. This is, has to be what, uh, watching Brew was like if you were an opposing fan back in the day. Like, that dude was out of control. He was on the court at one point. He really legitimately should have been teed up in the middle of one of the scuffles because he had left the bench and he was in the middle of it. And no other coach or staff member was They weren't allowed on the floor, you know. Um, so I don't know how he escaped that tee. But um, he, was, he was a character and fun to watch. And he's got his team, which is, to your point, Anthony, a very bad team playing hard. They did leave the deck and went and spanked Mammoth. It was like a 20-point win. Um, so they're playing a little bit better than they've been playing, um, for what it's worth. I thought, I thought, listen, they hit some tough shots. I thought Delaware hit tough shots too, for that matter. Like I, I thought, I don't see outside of the, those threes early for Delaware, a lot of clean looks like Jameer Nelson put on a pretty good show. Um, he hit tough shots. Davis hit tough shots. Like I, I actually am becoming more of a believer in our defense as the season goes on. I feel like, uh, um, which is cool to see. Um, I do have a stat to back that up. Hang on. It's here. Um, we are 12th in the country in three-pointers attempted against us. So it's, it's, it's not quite that. It's three-pointers per attempt. So essentially, they're taking more twos than threes against us. So everybody wants to take threes these days. They're not doing it when they face Drexel. Um, is, is the you know 12th in the country. That tells you what we want to do. That tells you a little bit more of our, identi- of our defensive identity, which is essentially make you shoot that mid- mid-range or invite you to Amari's house. Uh, for the block party that's going on every night. So um, something's working there, and I, I do. I feel like teams have been hitting tough shots against us to make these close games. So I guess credit to them. But hopefully somebody stops doing that at some point. That'd be nice. We could just walk away from one. Um, that'll wrap up me on the on the men's side. Anybody else have anything for these last two games that we want to get off your chest? <laughs> I don't think we want to talk about the women's side a whole lot this week. I, I followed the game today, did not get a chance to see it. Uh, like I said, I did see the the women had waited out um, the the men's game. I literally saw them. I the moment I left, they were getting on the bus. So they they literally waited until the final whistle. Basically, they immediately got on the bus to Towson, went down there. Towson was coming off of a road win at Delaware. Delaware is probably you know considered the second or third best team in the league. So Towson had just gone on the road to beat them. Um, tells you that they're a good quality team. Um, they showed it. Uh, Anthony, you get a chance to see this one. I went kind of in and out watching it in spurts, um, but yeah, uh, another loss, not great. Uh, 
Kashana led the way as usual with 27 points. Uh, Mara had 12 assists, which is kind of becoming the norm for her. Uh, but not a lot of help for Kashana. Uh, Grace O'Neill over the floor. Um, there's just not much help, it doesn't seem. Chloe Hodges, second on the team with 14 points, went 7 of 8 from the floor. Do you think about starting her at some point? Uh, I've been talking about her for a couple games now. She's been playing better, I think. She seems to be giving them a little bit more than Hedda Satman is. Uh, I would point out the fact that Chloe didn't have a rebound in this game. But then again, Hedda started and had one rebound. So uh, I'm not really sure what one player is giving you over the other. Um, but um, yeah, I, again, I, I was kind of in and out of it watching the stream. So it was a little tough for me to give a full accounting of, of what it was. I know that Talzin definitely hit some threes at a pretty good clip. Um, one of their players was four, four from three. Another one was two of three. Um, so they, they shot over 50%, almost 53% from three today um, and one by nine. So that I'm sure played a sizable role. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's tough to see. Um the women don't usually lose two in a row. Um, Splitting the season series with Towson now. Uh, I guess one thing to point out now at five and two, we're in a three-way tie with Towson, who we split with, and Stony Brook, who we've already beaten once, but a game and a half behind North Carolina A&T at seven and one. So um, that last game of the season with them coming to the DAC uh, looks more and more like it might mean something as A&T keeps winning games. So, um, and it's hard to predict what anything, what that game would look like because we've never played them before, or at least not, you know, as, as a conference opponent. So, um, yeah, I, overall, I just thought we need, needed to have a better complimentary game around Kishana. Um, and we'll see, I think they have winnable games coming up, uh, over the next two, um, Hofstra and Elon at home coming up Friday and and Sunday should both be winnable. So hopefully get right this coming week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a real interesting top of the standings there. There's, there's uh, A&T and then four teams with two losses. So and like you said, Anthony, it's a mess up there. It's nice to have Towson done for the year. If they really are one of the top two or three teams in the league, we're, we're done with them there behind us, which is good. Um, the ladies essentially return home. They've got a get right home stand, right? This is, uh, I think it's Hofstra and Elon who are both bad this year. Um, so good chance to come back, get things fixed up before you've got your your nasty road trip, which is that Northeastern Sony Brook swing. They're, they're both two lost teams right now, so they're both tied with Drexel essentially in the standings. Um, that's going to be a tough road trip. So come home, get right, figure yourself out. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to make the mistake of questioning the women again. We, we, we did that once, as you pointed out, Anthony. I'm not going to do it again, but obviously there's there's something that's I, – I said this was a bellwether game to me. I said, you know, if we bounce back off the previous loss and um, and this is our – get, you know, this is our, our – we come back, we hit them in the towels in the mouth, a good team on the road. I'll feel really, really good about where we're at. We didn't. Um, now, it took Towson playing at home, shooting like over 50% from three, and it was still a ball game. So I'm not like red alert here. But um, – I'm not nearly as confident as I was a couple weeks ago, put it that way. So 
a lot to prove and, and some chances here to, like I say, come home. And I think you're right, Anthony. Play with the lineup a little bit. See what you got to do. One thing I know about Amy Mallon is, is she'll she'll make she'll make some changes, um, and, and they'll figure it out. Uh, I have I have faith there. And you look at Towson. If you look at the box score here, they had four players in double digits and uh, a fourth that had eight. Uh, we had two players in double digits. So of course, Kashana twenty-seven. That's a nice cushion to start. Uh, you know, she basically takes the top two players from the other team and balances it out. But uh, we just need more help. I mean, if if the pieces around Kishana contribute, it's going to be hard to beat us. I mean, that, that, that's just, that's just going to be the way it is. And Kishana will likely be able to drag us to wins against um, a lot of teams in this conference, but not every team. Uh, and Towson probably being one of those teams. That's one of the upper tier teams in our conference. And then, you know, even a team like William and Mary, that's not as good. Uh, if they have a player, if they happen to have a player in that game that goes off like William and Mary did last week to balance out Kishana, then it's going to be even more difficult for her to drag us to a win if everybody else isn't pulling their weight. So, um, you know, got to, got to turn it around. It's actually interesting to look at it. Um, because the men, while I, I believe the men, maybe everybody's played a game more than the women, the men and the women of Drexel are kind of in the same spot. The men are also six and two tied with three other teams. And then with one other team, kind of a couple games ahead. Uh, so the men and women kind of exactly in the same spot in the conference uh, in a three-way tie for second uh, at the kind of the midway point. Now, now, women a much much harder strength of schedule to date, um, but your no, your point's valid. If anyone told you that they would be sitting in the same place right now, you'd kind of be scratching your head, right? Um, coming to conference season six and two and six and two, um, and both with some winnable games coming up. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Leon, what's next on our agenda? Is it is it the good, the bad, the ugly? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Roland, as our guest, will have you go last. Um, <laughs> Thank because, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think, uh, Anthony, you've had a chance to kick us off yet, so uh, we'll, we'll let you have the honors this time around. Huh, okay. Uh, for the good, I, I don't I don't see how I could go with anyone but Luke House. Uh, I said it was the best game he's ever played, so uh, I guess that would, that would only be fair uh, for the good. Um, 7 of 11, 19 points. Ice the game with his free throws down the stretch, um, brought the energy, you know, made an and one layup and, and was pumping, trying to pump up the crowd uh, on the baseline in the second half. It's too bad it wasn't in the first half on the student section side because uh, that would have been awesome if he would if he could have been uh, pumping up the students there. But uh, got to go with Luke House for the good. Um, for the bad, hmm, that's tough. Um I don't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> for the bad, I, I guess I'm going to go with. I'm stumped. I, I, I really am stumped. I guess I'm going to have. I was going to say Lamar, but Lamar had a good game against Hampton, so I, I, I can't. Yeah, that that kind of balances that out. I, I guess I'm just going to go with the women losing again, uh, because uh, you know, losing two in a row just is not something that I usually see from them. I'm going to go with the the supporting cast of the women's team kind of no showing this Towson game is, is what I'll go with. Um, other than Chloe Hodges, um, just, you know, didn't really 
come to play. Now, granted, it is at the end of a three-game road trip. So, uh, you know, being on the road for three games in a row isn't easy, but they did have a week to prepare for this game as well. So, um, you know, would have liked to see a little bit of a better performance and, and hopefully and like hopefully a win. But uh, And then the ugly. Um, ooh, who was the player who Amari blocked in the second half of the Delaware game baseline where the ball went straight down because he blocked them so thoroughly. Whoever that player on Delaware was, he gets the ugly for me. Do we know who that was? It's just some random Delaware stiff. It, they always have I think it was Ray, which is, is absolutely a random <laughs> Delaware stiff. Yeah. Christian Ray. Okay. Christian Ray gets the ugly for being blocked so thoroughly that the ball went was spiked straight to Hades. Just to be very clear, I'm not entirely positive it was Christian Ray because they did have a lot of just random 6-6 six, six stiffs out there. For a team that only played like seven guys. I, I like Roland's approach of not even giving them, you know, recognition by giving... Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, do we even need to mention their name? I mean, what the hell was that guy thinking? And then he asked for the foul. And like the referee, I watched the replay. The referee's looking at him like, dude, you're like 6'5", and you just tried to go up with Amari right on your back. He's like, what were you thinking? Even the ref was like, what were you thinking? Sometimes we make bad decisions in our lives. All right, Leon, what are your good, bad, and ugly today? Uh, for the good, uh, you know, I, I won't single out a player, but for me it was really just uh, the team and the Delaware game kind of finding its heart. I feel like they were playing a lot harder. It seemed like they were really getting themselves pumped up and, and the crowd was in it. I feel like finding that old Drexel Dragon heart at the DAC, where when it gets rocking, it was really nice to see. Even though I couldn't fully appreciate it because I couldn't be there, and uh, also because the audio was just awful from from uh, to to appreciate what the crowd probably sounded like, but uh, you could tell just by the players' reaction that that it was uh, you know they were really getting amped up. So I'll, I'll go with that as the good. The bad, I'm just I'm still struggling a little bit on why with 25 seconds left. The end of that Delaware game, we couldn't draw up something better than stepping out of the stepping out of bounds with Justin Moore. And I know that wasn't the design play, but the fact that Justin Moore just held the ball for that long after he had an incredible game, don't get me wrong, but we seem to just hold on to the ball way too long. It goes back to what you guys were saying before. I think, Dan, you mentioned it the tempo being reduced, never being in our favor, uh, it never working out for us. So, but we should be able to come up with a better play than that. Let's get the ball to Omari. Work the ball in and just let him go to work. Why are we trying to hold the ball for at, to the point where there's not enough time for that play to develop with Amari? So I'll go with that for the bad. And for ugly, uh, I guess I'll just go a throwback for the audio quality on Flow Sports or NBC or whatever, whoever's running this, running the show over there. The fact that I can't tell what's happening in the game unless I'm watching it. I can, like you could, it, It's crazy to me that we can't get any audio of the temp to get the tempo or the feel of the game going but i'll go with that for the ugly yeah that's my ugly too leon uh it's 100 you have such a good product in the building and you've got xyz number of people watching it on a big sports day in town and and just looked sound off not good so uh crowd mics crowd mics let's go find some before the charleston game um i don't know i'm sure the, the problem is more complex than that I have no idea what the problem is, and I'd, I'd love to reach out to some of the staff there, and, and some of them are, are really good guys, so um, maybe I will, but um, it's been a long-term problem, it sounds like, with these broadcasts, and that's somebody should say step in and say that's unacceptable. We're going to fix it. Um, 
I wanted to note, yeah, Leon, uh, that Mike Tuberosa had on the broadcast um, on that last play uh, of regulation um, was that they had switched over Jameer Nelson to guard. Um, uh, names of names evading me right now, but they they, they put Nelson on the ball. They, they put Jameer on the ball, and that was a change. So Inglesby made a change there coming out of that timeout, and it didn't feel like we reacted to it. You know, it didn't feel like um, we were ready for that wrinkle. So as a credit to, to Inglesby, who I don't like crediting, um, I think he's he's fine, but moderately overrated. I think he's a perfectly league, league average coach. Um, but um, yeah, you, you want to see more there. 100% agree with it. Um, for my good, I will also kind of join you. I mean, the, for me, the crowd. Uh, I, I've been waiting a long time to see this building at full again. Like I said, I was hoping for 70 80% when we broadcast last week. So to see it filled up and really, you know, they weren't selling any tickets after pretty much Wednesday, I think, Wednesday or Thursday, um, was great to see. Still want to see those students keep coming out. Um, but Saturdays are usually the light student turnout. They're usually the big, you know, um, paid seat turnout on Saturdays. And then the students come out on the weeknights, kind of they, it, it inverts around. Um, but the students were there for homecoming this game. And, and really, it was, it, was a, it was a step. I'm with you guys. It wasn't fully back to what we want. They weren't fully into it yet. But. Um, they were standing for the overtime. They, they figured it out. They got into it. They learned something. We've got what is right now a top 20 team coming to town in the next home game for the men. You know, it sets up beautifully for them to have a, another great experience. Um, not that that game is going to be an easy one. Um, you know, it's, but this way, right now I'm dubious. We'll get to that in a second. But um, really, if you, can't, if you can't bring them back after that one, I can't help you. Because that was a game where everybody should have walked out there. And I think everybody was walking out with smiles in their face, kind of juiced up, kind of excited. So really cool to see. So that was definitely my good. Um, yeah, I, I still think we get it wrong with the lineup sometimes. I still think the three shooters isn't working for us. Um, so my bad will probably be sending that out in overtime. I, I don't understand why why Mate with zero points is out there. Um, especially when Delaware's you could say it's for defense, but Delaware's playing a two-man game at that point. It was it was Jameer and Davis. So who's he defending? Somebody who's not going to shoot anyway. Like you got to give me somebody who could score on the court there. I, I uh, you got to move that tempo. I mean, let's let's not be too proud of this overtime. We won four one in overtime. We scored four points in the overtime. Like let's not go. It was a good defensive effort. Don't get me wrong, but let's not go and act like you know um, it was a great performance. So I, I still think we got the lineup lineup wrong there. I still think there's there's work to be done as we continue to adjust. But it's cool to see adjustments getting made. It's cool to see guys evolve. We're seeing growth in this team right now. I feel like we're still trending upwards. Um, this is our probably our best one of the year. If, you know, it's this or OD. OD took a bad loss too uh, this week. Um, so probably our best one of the year um, with Delaware, you know, fully up at full strength. Um, so really good, really good news for me there. But yeah, I think the lineups are still questionable um, for the starters and then for those segments that we do have the three shooter line out there it's just not working for me that's my bad and the ugly yeah it's gonna go with the crowd mics so roland that we've hopefully taken everything off the table for you yeah you can actually you haven't so for the bad i will also go with the crowd noise having watched the replay today on flow Uh, but i actually thought i was going to be the blame for this because at about the i don't know 15 minute mark or so i saw there was a crowd mic there because i sit right next to the announcers and the guy from Delaware moved it down a good three, four feet, almost right to the middle of the the little table there. So I don't know, maybe that was their crowd, Mike. So maybe I ruined it for them. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, it, it just looks like you're second class. I mean, you can't, you don't have any noise in the arena. It just looks terrible. And knowing that there was a full crowd, it, it was just ugly, 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 ugly to watch. Um, for the bad, I'm pretty sure we had a timeout on that last possession in regulation. This isn't the first time that we've done this where we have timeouts to use and Spiker just refuses to use a timeout. I mean, I understand maybe you don't want to use it all the time and let the defense get set, but I mean, use a timeout. Have some confidence in your team and set something up and draw up a play. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe you end up with the same thing where Justin Moore takes it to the hoop because he had it if he wouldn't have been pushed and stepped out of bounds. I mean, it was, I thought, a decent take at the end, and he had been successful getting fouled and getting to the hoop. So I wasn't upset with the play in general, but man, take a time out there and set it up. And then, you know, for the good, it's one that hasn't been mentioned, and I, I don't know if we even mentioned his name this uh, whole time, but the defense that Jamie Bergens played on Jameer Nelson, I loved it. I mean, he was in his face. I mean, Nelson's flopping all over the place. I mean, he drew a foul the one time. I mean, he's crying to the refs the whole time. I mean, Bergens was all over him, and I liked it. And I liked the, the, even more that he was running his mouth the whole time that he was all over him. So that was great to see. I thought he did a really good job when he was in the game of being a pest. And I think we need that edge. I mean, sometimes when we have all those guys in there that just shoot threes, there's just no edge to the team. We need that edge. You see it from Justin Moore time to time. Jamie Bergens definitely has it. I mean, he's mixing it up you know, playing really aggressive on Jameer. Uh, and it was great to see. I, I loved it, especially when he starts chirping back and, and Nelson's crying to the refs. I mean, it was fantastic. So I'll give Jamie my good because I, I just like to see the edge. We need to get the edge back in general. Get the edge in the crowd, get the edge in the team. I mean, I know some people weren't a fan of bruise antics, but I, I, Spiker needs to get an edge and start storm in the court or something. I mean, we got to get the edge back, get people excited again. So I just like to see the edge. That's what I'm, that's my good for the, for the week is to see that edge back on the team. I'm with you, Roland. I, I like teams and even people with edges. So I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned his name. He, I thought he deserved to be on the court over time. I, I thought absolutely. He, uh, he had a really good game. I would have liked to see more minutes. And I mean, even against, I mean, He's been showing a little bit like of that offensive game, like backing down and like, I mean, he can get his shot a little bit. So like you, you've mentioned earlier, Dan, about the two, him and more playing together. I, I like that. I mean, not only from a defensive standpoint, but I think it gives us a little bit of a different wrinkle on offense. And I want to see more Jamie Bergens. That's my takeaway. I know he didn't have such a great game against Hampton, but I think more often than not over the past couple games, he, he's been kind of mixing it up a little bit. And let's see more of that. I think there's a couple of guys where you got to be like, which one of them showed up tonight, and then go go off of that, right? Um, but he was there. He was there big, and he was he was. I know coaches love deflections. They talk about that a lot when we have him on. Uh, he 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 was he was there. He was on the ball. He was getting touches. He was finding a way to be a pest. I think Roland, that was a great way to put. He it. He had that hustle play too, where we had a turnover and Delaware tried to lead the ball to a guy breaking it, and he outran everybody and just grabbed the ball. I mean, the guy's out there making stuff Huge happen. play. Huge play. I'm so glad down he mentioned and he, I that. thought he was going to drive the ball and just dunk it again. And luckily he pulled up and had a little bit of sense. But 
But, you know, he's got that little bit of a streak to him. We need that out there. Yeah, saving that pick six, he really showed his speed. And he showed his heads up game. I, I, I'm with you, uh, Groland. This is we're going to bring you back just for good, bad, bad, bad and ugly because it was fantastic, fantastic work by you all the way around. But if I could get in one more good, it was good to see all the guys supporting Robert Battle. You had Chaz Crawford there. You had Canel Sanchez, Danny Hines. I saw, and even Jeff Arnold was there. And it was good to see the guys supporting Robert Battle. I was kind of disappointed that there weren't enough of us old timers there to get a, one more Robert Battle chant going. Um, Cause I think he deserved it, but it would have been great to get that going. But I, I don't know. I might've been the only guy there that actually saw Robert battle play. So, but it was good to see all those old guys there supporting Rob. So good for them for, for showing up and supporting. I mean, the guy that made me a fan of Drexel basketball hardcore was Robert battle. Totally agree. Totally agree. That's great. Um, and it was, it was cool seeing all those guys around the gym and just popping, running into them. Uh, and nobody more deserving than Rob. You know, he's been great with uh, with his time with us. He, he represents the university fantastically, and, and uh, obviously his career at Drexel afterwards is, is well-deserving. So great to see it. Great to see it. All right. Um, one quick programming note. We're not going to go around the league this week, possibly because this podcast is going like 13 hours already, but also because uh, we're hoping to have a special episode next week. We're going to have some guests on. Um, from from around the league, so we can go really go through and give you a good se- mid season CA update. So look for that next week. We're excited to have that up for you. Um, and part of the reason for that, uh, it's a good time for us because uh, Drexel's on the road. Nobody's at the deck for uh, the men for the next week. Uh, next two games are A and T, N C A and T, and Elon. It's the North Carolina swing. Um, get some barbecue and some wins is what is what it should say. Um, but I'll be honest with you, A&T game scares the hell out of me. Um, again, this is a bit of a letdown spot coming off of this nice big win. Everybody's feeling really good about themselves. Now we're going on the road to an A&T team that is um, – listen, I thought they were better than people thought coming into the into the season, but uh, they're currently sitting at 5-4 um, and four in conference. They've got four road wins, uh, including at Hofstra. That's Hofstra's only loss, by the way, was a home loss to A&T. Like – yeah, these guys are sneaky good. Um, they're not a great basketball club, but they're ones that if you if you fall asleep walking in, they're going to punish you. Um, Cam Woods, I think, is a sophomore. He's been making things happen. Um, so I feel like we're going to sleepwalk walking in, and I feel like a slow start could really, really uh, get us punished. Uh, but it'll be a fun, fun game to watch. They're a high-tempo team. It's going to be a very different Drexel Dragons than we're used to um, than we've been seeing lately, I think, and, and – um, be interested to see how he come out, but yeah, it's it's kind of this Delaware game. I don't think it's for not because I think the positives from atmosphere and attendance and everything else are going to carry over, and not a lot of people are going to watch Drexel A and T on the road on flow. But um, yeah, I, I, in the standings, it's going to real hard to you to lose this game, and it's a game that, to me, big red warning signs all over the place. I, I just don't like this. Um, that said, they're I think one and three at home. But their losses were Towson, Charleston, and Wilmington. So top of the league. You, you know, you got to go in there. You got to play well. You got to earn it. Um, and I think all those losses, it was five to Wilmington. That was 12 to Towson. And Charleston beat them up pretty good. But, um, yeah, uh, they're, again, they're a team that if you give them a foot, they'll take a mile. So a little bit worried there. Elon on the back half, uh, you got to win that one. Let's just throw that here. We may have to have a podcast with us if we lose to Elon, so we'll, we'll get back to you there. But 
Um, yeah, two uh, two good opportunities. And again, you win those two if you do take care of business here on the road. You're eight and two coming home to take on Charleston, which is going to be uh, probably still undefeated Charleston. I think they only play one more time before they play us. Um, they've got a uh, a home date against Hofstra next Saturday. They don't play on Thursday. So only one spot for them to lose. Uh, Hofstra, it'll be a tough game for them. But only one spot for them, for them to lose uh, before they come up here. By the way, let's root like hell for Charleston in that game. I don't want to play Charleston coming off of a loss that snaps a 20-game winning streak. Um, so let's all be rooting hard for Charleston on that game. Make sure they're feeling nice and good about themselves coming up to the deck um, before they begin this uh, Drexel Delaware road swing for them. So big, big set of games coming up for the men. The women, I noted earlier, kind of in the same spot. Um, they come back to the deck, um, but have two layups um, at home. They're coming off the loss, obviously. Um, should be ready to go. They've got Hofstra and Elon. Um, both teams quite bad at, at basketball at this point. Just that's that's my observation on those two teams. They are quite bad at basketball at this point. Um, before they've got a big tough road swim. So, um, really want to come back here next weekend have this uh, special podcast, but we'll have the Dragons be four zero on the weekend coming into it. I think they're they're positioned to do it. Um, so that pretty much wraps us for tonight. Um, I do want to know. Well, we'll I think um, Leon, if I'm right, we'll have the link for the GoFundMe in the show notes for this, for, um, for Lemon Potts and his family. Um, so please consider heading that way if you're listening. Um, and, and thank you, everybody, for another great week of, of Drexel Hoops. This was about as fun as it gets. Uh, Roland, thanks for coming on and joining us with Anthony and Leon. Yep, Delaware sucks. Have a great night. Good man. <laughs>